0: Welcome to another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'm Alan Jansen, editor of Cars Magazine and Jobber News. This is a podcast that brings you new ideas, comments, and concerns about the automotive repair and service industry. Sponsored by SiriusXM Canada. SiriusXM is making it possible for you to offer your customers three months of free satellite radio. If the vehicle is equipped to receive SiriusXM, you can hook them up for free. It's a nice way to say, thanks for having your car serviced here. For details, go to SiriusXM.ca slash for shops. We're also sponsored by the Automotive Aftermarket Parts Exposition, the annual APEX show in Las Vegas. Yes, they're going ahead with the show in November. Where can you find the newest automotive aftermarket parts products and technologies in action? Well, you'll want to go to APEX 2020. It's the year's most popular destination to meet face-to-face with all of your current partners and suppliers. You can explore the global marketplace of innovation and get hands-on training from elite technicians and trainers. Take three days to invest in your future and stay competitive. For more information and to register, visit apexshow.com. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Todd Hack, Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Mevotech, the Toronto-based manufacturer of aftermarket chassis components. Todd has more than 30 years of experience in the aftermarket, having previously worked at such industry cornerstones as Gates and CarQuest, and he certainly had his hands full lately, keeping the supply chain flowing during the global pandemic. Todd's in a unique position to see how the threat of COVID-19 has impacted everyone in the industry, from fellow manufacturers to warehouse distributors to his end customers at repair and service shops throughout the continent. I wanted to find out what he's seeing in the market and what he expects to see for the balance of this year. Hello, this is Todd. Hi, Todd. It's Alan Jensen calling from Cars Magazine and Jobber News. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, Alan. How are you?
0: I'm very well. I'm glad we got together. Yeah. (laughs) Normally, you and I would be able to talk together face-to-face, but with the border closed, it looks like you're stuck in Denver for now. How's that community doing in combating the virus?
1: So Denver's actually doing okay. We, we opened pretty successfully, but with the rise in cases in other states, Colorado is actually tipping up a little bit, but overall doing okay. Okay. You know, certainly the surge that they've seen in states such as Florida and and Texas is is impacting this for sure.
0: Yeah, this pandemic has uh, played havoc with a lot of industries and economies too. Uh, I guess the automotive aftermarket is in a relatively fortunate position to have been deemed an essential service right from the start. Would you agree that things could have been a lot worse?
1: No, of course. We're very, very fortunate, extremely fortunate that we were deemed essential. So I couldn't imagine if we weren't. But, you know, obviously everybody counts in their cars. They go to the doctors and get to work, and uh, so it's actually critical. People aren't looking forward to doing mass commuting anymore. They're not looking at getting onto trains and buses. and Mm -hmm. So I think people are interested in driving themselves.
0: In fact, I wonder if that's going to be diminished somewhat because people have been working from home and have realized, hey, I could do a lot of what I do at work. I could do it in my home office.
1: Well, work from home is, is going to be here to stay. Mm-hmm. I think this pandemic has taught us that you could be pretty productive at home. And uh, I think the next generation kids, are, there's going to be a little bit more expectation for that to be part of uh, getting a job.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. The supply chain has been challenged a little bit. It, getting parts to the job stores and then from there to the repair shops, it's been a little bit challenged. Uh How has the virus changed the way you guys operate, um, both in, uh, in sourcing your product and getting it to the market?
1: Well, actually, we were very, very fortunate. We've weathered the storm exceptionally well. We've made a number of changes in our forecasting tools, and we were consciously building inventory. So we managed through because of where we stood with inventory and with our supply base. We really had zero interruptions, probably a little slow with product coming in, but not dramatic, and we had enough inventory to carry us. And, you know, products were landing at the borders we were able to truck we got it in and and our HR team did a fantastic job keeping our facility safe and clean and open and frankly I mean we've been shipping 94 95 percent and the challenge we've had the last couple weeks is just a little bit of lead time has jumped out because orders are so strong right now
0: right well what about your sales force a lot of uh, companies have had to ground their salespeople. did you have to trim your sales force at all
1: no, no, we were very, very, very fortunate that we did not have to do that. We made a decision not to. I mean, we didn't furlough anybody. We kept everybody on the payroll, and we did a lot from at home. It's hard to get good quality salespeople, and we've got a great, great team. So we, we wanted to make the investment to keep everybody. But we absolutely used the time to retrain. Uh, we did a tremendous amount of training internally for our folks as well as with customers. We did, I don't know how many hundreds of webinars. I think that's a segment that hopefully will stick in our aftermarket, you know, getting good groups on calls and doing training and information sharing. And so, yeah, challenging time, but, um, I was real happy we were able to keep all our folks, and and uh, I think it's real important for Mevotech.
0: The um the kind of products that you guys make are w- critical to vehicle operation. Uh, you know, people can't ignore them when they need to be replaced. Do you expect to see a spike in sales when people finally do resume their regular vehicle maintenance schedules and 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 driving more?
1: I do. I do. We've actually seen it. Second, third week of March, we saw the slowdown. April was really a tough month. May bounce back june was really the start of ramping uh july businesses off the charts so i do believe that a lot of people are are reinvesting in their cars i think uh overall the businesses have been relatively strong and as we see pockets open up i think there's a little underperform maintenance that's being done i don't know completely what the second half will be i don't anticipate it'll be strong but you know, there's lots of discussion. Is it a U? Is it a V? Is it a W? What kind of recovery we're going to have? I'm not quite sure we're a V, but always a little bit concerned about a W if we get a little surge back, if we could slow things down. But so far, I'm pretty encouraged on what we've seen for the year, and I mean we've got a big gap to close, but uh, the resurgence on business has been really outstanding so
0: so with that in mind, do you have any advice for jobbers and repair shop owners who are maybe still feeling a bit of the pinch of constricted sales? Uh, what should they be planning for and how should they approach the market, and what should they be doing?
1: Oh, no, it's a great question as far as the the jobbers I think the biggest value that we drive. And the thing that we're pitching more and more and more really is efficiency of their inventories. I mean, there's so many new SKUs coming out. You know, typical jobber, I mean it's it's dollars. And space. I think they're all facing the same challenges of how much dollars they put in their inventory. So having the most efficient inventory is critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we all know, getting close to the repair shops, having that part delivered in 30 minutes is really key. So we've done a, a tremendous amount of inventory builds, inventory profiling for our customers during COVID, and uh, it means putting in the best sellers, taking out the stuff that doesn't make sense, and really giving them the most balanced inventory. I think that will be a bigger and bigger challenge for, for jobbers, um, you know, with, with some effort and some trust and some good data, you know, looking at failure rates as well as vehicles in operation in an area. Now, I think from a jobber's point of view, that's probably the most critical.
0: Keep on track of the data.
1: Yeah, and he who owns the inventory really is going to be the most successful store owner.
0: You know, I think a lot of times people think of jobber stores as being proactive. They've got to have the inventory ready. And repair shops as being reactive, they've got to wait till the customer comes in and brings the broken car. But more and more, repair shops have to act like jobbers in being proactive, you know, anticipating uh, wear patterns and what the customer is going to need. So it's good advice for them to step up the inspections and preventive maintenance aspect?
1: Yep. You know, the repair shop business is is really critical for everybody. And if you're just waiting for the next ball joint to break, you're probably going to be in trouble. It's the shops that can really drive preventive maintenance, getting in a cycle where you see that car once a quarter or so, where you can really help the consumer, you can spot something failing, you can help build long-term relationships with customers Certainly, it's it's tough being in a repair shop because most consumers are coming in there if they have a problem and they need to solve it. They need to solve it quickly. So the pressure for a repair shop it's a very, very challenging job.
0: Yeah. Okay. So now you mentioned uh recovery as being either a V or a U or hopefully a, not a W. What are you hearing from industry leaders? Do you think 2020 is going to be salvaged at the end of the year, or do you think we're going to see more tough times before they get better?
1: I I would say the majority of customers are pretty optimistic. Most everybody feels like whatever the budgets were for the second half, folks are feeling pretty good about reaching that. And, you know, obviously, if you lose a month like April, to make a year is probably not practical, but a lot of people do feel like the second half they can reach their budgets. But I would say overall, most everyone is reasonably positive. I was listening yesterday. Jeffrey's had a call with a bunch of heavy-duty folks, and they were kind of leaning that they were seeing a recovery happen at late Q1 or in early Q2 of next year. I think the automotive side should, should bounce back a little faster than that. Um, but listen, I think everybody still has in the back of their mind, will there be a round two? Will there be a second wave?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for giving us your perspective. I really appreciate your coming on and, and chatting with us.
1: Thank you. I wish everybody good luck and health and success and and I appreciate your time.
0: Thanks so much, Todd. Bye. Well, that's it for another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'd like to hear what you think we'll see in the months to come. And if you have a point of view that you'd like to share with the industry, let me know. You could be a guest on an upcoming podcast. Just drop me a note at at newcom.ca. You can subscribe to Auto Service World Conversations on Apple Podcasts, or simply visit AutoserviceWorld.com every Monday morning to hear another conversation. As always, I want to thank Apex 2020 and SiriusXM Canada for sponsoring us, and you for listening. I'm Alan Jansen. See you next time.